And so over these 17 years, you know, it's weird because um, we were, you know, we got to break even pretty quickly, okay? But after I want to say about seven or eight years, it became insanely profitable, okay? And I thought, oh my God, this is really going to happen, okay? My dream come true, you know? Um, and I would, just to give you an example, so we were getting awards, you know, over 70 international marketing technology award. We got the award from Capitals for the best creative uh, of the year, you know, all this going to my head, right? Being invited to go talk in, at marketing symposiums in Sydney, Australia, and all going into my head, right? Um, I would get a call. It, it, it was not unusual for me to get a call. Hey, Brad. Uh, this is uh, John over at Coke in Atlanta. Uh, Bobby told me that you had done that, you know, promotion with him. Uh, we got a promotion coming up. We need a loyalty uh, program. Um, but, you know, we're, we're thinking we're going to have these many calls, these many interactions, whatever. You know, priced it on the spot because I was really good at that, right? And, um, and he said, sold. Send me the paperwork. You know, never met the guy. Right. Um, it was a big number at this point. I was just like, hey, you know, I'm quoting big numbers because we're very busy. Right. Um, and uh, close the deal without ever seeing them. And sure enough, you know, it was like a million dollar deal again. Now, um, this business is an agency business. And this is a really key learning for me. Okay. An agency business, no matter how successful you are at that business, is a hustle business. Right? You get a client. Projects. You do the promotion, you do the project, you gear up for it, and then you got to go and get another client. Right? There's no reoccurring, or, or well, that's just, you know, it's not the, mostly reoccurring. It's, it's, it's right. one shot deals. So I learned the, what I consider to be like the holy grail of business principles, which is recurring, evergreen revenue. Right? I also learned that it's better to have, you know, uh, a lot of customers who are paying you this much instead of 10 customers that are paying you a lot because you're gearing up for them. And if you lose one, you're in deep trouble, right? Meanwhile, all this shit goes to my head. You know, I just think I'm a badass, right? Um, and, you know, I, I you know, I, I, I didn't think, and I bought boats, and then another boat three months later. Didn't even, you know, I got to the point where it wasn't even asking the price. It was just obscenely profitable, okay? But it was all like I was fooling myself, right? Because um, I'll never forget, like, I don't even know what stimulated, but I had this like epiphany, man, that, holy mackerel, my son, you know, I haven't even been to one of his little, you know, t-ball games. My wife told me, you know, while I was in Australia, that, hey, Zach, just learned how to ride the two-wheeler. You know, I missed birthdays. I was absent, okay? And all this starts to, like, gel and, you know, and I realize, you know, that I don't even really tell people what I do. You know how when, hey, what do you do? And I... I'd say something because I wasn't really proud of what I did. Because what was I doing then? Helping Nestle sell chocolate chip cookies, 
and Coke sells sugar water and Guinness sell beer and butterball turkeys. You know, that's what I was doing with my life. And so I don't know if I got hippie-ish all of a sudden, but it all started caving in. Um, were, you, and, were you realizing that when you got to that point that it's not yes. what you thought it would be? Yes. Yeah. And so what I was doing is there was a creeping feeling that something was off here, you know? Like if I achieved all these things, I'm making all this money, you know, and so buying things and going on trips, distraction back to when I was 12 years old or 17 years old, you know, like bury what you're really feeling and distract yourself with a new car or a new boat or a trip to wherever material things. But I'm missing my kids key events. I'm an absent father. And who knows better what that feels like than someone that lost their father when they were 12 years old. You did? How old were you when you when this was going on? Okay, so let me figure this out because um, so I started that business in 81. It ran for 17 years. So where are we? We're about 98. Yeah, 98, right? So <laughs> true to form, I said, fuck it. Selling the business. I, I got to do something that I feel good about. You know, I, you know, it's not that I don't care about the money, but I, that's where I learned that money does not buy you everything or happiness or, you know, make you feel good. It's, it's not, a, it's not about that. It's about, so I started reading books every time I get into, you know, a quandary, I'll go out and read every book on the subject. Right. And, um, you know, and the, I remember this one book, I couldn't tell you what the title was, but it rocked my world. And it basically said this, if you are getting a new job or you're starting a new business or, you know, any big thing like that, don't think about the money. Think about lifestyle. things. How are you going to dress? What kind of people are you going to work with? What kind of work are you going to do? Do you love that kind of work, right? How much or how little do you travel, right? Um, is family time important to you? You know, it, 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 and it was like, oh my God, you know, I started this first business. Okay, it was as successful, but it was a hard road to haul for all the wrong reasons. You know, I wanted money, I wanted boats, I wanted recognition, I wanted awards, right? So at this point in my life, so 98, 17 years in, maybe it was like 16 years in, you know, around that time, I left the business up in New York. I actually, uh, Hoboken, New Jersey, a beautiful life, looking over the city, patios, espresso, you know, all that crap. Um, and I moved the family down to St. Petersburg, Florida because I, I do love fishing and I do love the water and changed my life completely around. And my life now was geared around the kids schedule. Never missed a game, moved down here. I never missed a game. You know, my kids went to a kind of a small school, so they played every sport, you know? So, you know, never missed a game. The lot, my life was centered and I, Thank God for that, because if I'd waited too much longer, I would have gone, you know, be miserable, terribly unhappy. And, you know, anyway, I did that. 
And everyone told me, man, and this is another life lesson. Don't listen to people. <laughs> you know, you got to go with what you're really feeling at the end. You can get advice. Okay. But whether or not you apply that advice, ultimately that's your call. So everyone told me, you're, you can't move down to Florida and leave the business up here. I had a really good GM. Okay. I wasn't worried about that, but you know, you, I did all the pitching. You're not going to get clients to come. Your, you know, your world is the tri-state area and the Fortune 500 and this and that. You know, you know. Thank you. Appreciate that. You know, um, but when I moved to Florida, I started. I had to start for my. I started two hobby businesses. One was. Uh, fishing and boating, direct mail order, catalog kind of business. So I love fishing and boating. You know, it's like, what do your parents say? Or what's the best, of, you know, do something that you love and you'll never work a day in your life. It sounds so trite and cliche, but it's true. But I could tell you that, but you have to reach that conclusion yourself. You know, that's not advice any young man is going to take, I can tell you that. Or young woman, for that matter. You know, it's just, you want other things. Meanwhile, I did that. And I will tell you that I got more clients to come down to Florida for the pitch in, in a group, okay, oh, from these Fortune 500, than I could get them to come across town. That's great. Okay? And, um, uh, you know, so kept the business humming, had these hobby businesses. The other one in uh, 91, I had started a hobby business, you know, I'm terrible with dates, but long story short, the other one was called notes on call. And it was the seed of what I do today. Okay. So, but it was a hobby business, you know, and I, I just for my sanity and I feel like I was, you know, I went to, I remembered my kind of epiphanies when I was a player reading these magazines. Now I had some chops with interactive technology, albeit just telephone. Still no internet, 91. So I go right. and I pitch every guitar and bass magazine on this idea. And I say, I'm going to, you know, here's the interactive technology. I'm going to, for every one of your lessons, I'm going to do an interactive audio version of it. There's a code, there's an 800 number, people will call it. It was the easiest sell on the planet. It's just a great idea. I remember them saying to me, um, it's a great idea. I hope you have some really good guitar players in your stable because you probably are not going to get the artists and educators to do it wrong. <laughs> Every single one of them wanted to do that. And, um, you know, so I was able to kind of like what we did then is kind of what we're doing today. It's just a little more sophisticated. Today. Right, right. So learn interactive chops establishes relationships with musicians who I love to work with. Um, and, uh, you know, did you keep the business? business? Did you keep the business sold, in New York? I sold the business, um, in 98, 98 and in 98, beginning of 99. And, um, you know, I, it was a bad experience. The people that bought it were not honorable. And not very, but what, you know, I didn't know, you know, but it was a very bad, like, experience for me. Um, but 
I was able to use that money, which was not a lot of money, but it was a lot of money, right, to invest in TrueFire today. So the business that was hobby business at 91 or whenever that was, was Notes on Call. Now I changed the name to uh, TrueFire, set up a little kind of garage thing with some developers started to figure out how to stream audio then you know uh video started happening i sell this business that was helping fortune 500 companies sell their wares because it didn't feel good for me right and i heeded you know read these books and it's like okay craft your next life around the things you have passion for which for me was music music education those are the people i like working side by side with love the team of people here, you know, truly, <laughs> you know, they get all the credit. I just was whatever, lucky enough to be able to get these people to believe in this crazy thing, right? Um, and I love working with artists. And I love being able to say that I'm, and I'm, I, and for me, it's like, there are two big things that we're doing here, clearly enriching people's lives you know, by giving them the gift of being able to play music, whether it's two chords, three chords, or you're, you know, a advanced pro, that for me is a legacy uh, that I will leave behind that makes me very proud, right? The other thing that's happening is the technology killed the music business for artists because people no longer bought records, right? And there used to be this thing called mailbox money. I don't know if you've ever heard the term. No, I don't know that. Artists refer to, you know, they get their royalties or any publishing that they have. They have a record. Mailbox money is, you know, you do something and it keeps coming in. It's sort okay, of early annuity stuff. And so part of our mission was how do we help artists navigate the new music business landscape, right? Which wow, in my, that's, that's powerful. You know, because now you'll notice, man, in the old days when I was growing up, and even when you were growing up, um, you made your money off of records and you paid to go on tour, right? Now, musicians, really most of them, very few have publishing or, you know, very few are at the, you know, the pinnacle. But the 99.9% .9 of musicians have to go out there and gig and get on the road. And do I know what that felt like? You know, and nobody loves it. They love when they're on stage, but they hate everything else. Um, and so it's like, hey, can we reimagine or reinvent mailbox money? And sure enough, you know, earning, they come into the studio, we film a project with them, like you would record a record and we yeah. are, we have partnerships. Um, we don't do work for hire. So we pay you a fee up front, you know, um, and then you get a percentage on the back end of everything that we sell. And you get a percentage, a larger percentage for everything that you sell. Right. And our deal is called an MOU. We don't even call it a contract or agreement, you know, and it's, it's, we, we're not publishing. We don't own your, own your IP. You own your IP. We own our IP. You have final approval over every aspect. 
There's no exclusivity. There's no, you want to terminate our relationship? Call us up, terminate it, we'll stop. And we'll even stop selling your product if you want us to do that. Uh, you know, this thing, so if you love somebody, set them free. That was yeah. the whole philosophy. Yeah. Uh, the whole philosophy from the beginning was to turn, you know, the music business. There's a famous Howard uh, uh, Thompson, I forget. There's a famous quote about how negative the music business is and how artists, you know, have been screwed over from forever, right? So we wanted to be, we wanted to turn everything upside down. You would never find any of the things that I just described as, you know, our, our deal points in, in any label business or management, you just won't find it. Um, today, we have 300 artists that we collaborate with, uh, the, you know, 3 million students around the world, um, not all of them paying, We're, you know, we give away a lot of stuff. You know, if you can afford it, you'll pay it. If you can't afford it, disadvantaged children. Third world countries, man, oppressed countries, um, vets, you know, whatever. It doesn't, we don't care. We don't even count how many millions of dollars we've given away. It's just good, right? And, and it's cosmic and it's karma. And, you know, every time we've gotten into trouble in this business, and by the way, there's no million dollar deals here. And I'll never make in a year what I was making, you know, in the other business. Let me tell you, there's this transition point where, you know, you're taking millions of dollars, you're supporting your family, you're putting your kids through college, you're putting food on the table, you're reinventing yourself. I was 48 when I did all this, 48 years old, right? I, I honestly, you know, there was, a, I, I'd say I, I, <laughs> there was a shadow of doubt whether I could completely reinvent this and start a new business from scratch. And I would watch the dollars dwindle in the bank account and I would have to stop spending things and, you know, um, and it, it was scary for a very short while until I realized I'm friggin' happy, man. <laughs> you know, I love what I'm doing. And I will tell you, man, it took more than three years for us to get anywhere near the black. A couple of us here, um, you know, I, I brought in a couple of people from the other business who I somehow convinced to do this, um, worked without a salary for five years, literally. And then, Come on. no, I swear to you, okay, you know, the deal was, look, if I need to pay you a salary, I will. If you're willing to work at half what you're worth, I'll give you a little slice. And if you're willing to work for nothing and can afford to do that, um, I'll give you a bigger slice. And a couple of folks took that deal. Crazy. Because this was like, you know, what the hell? Video was like. They believed in you. Well, they, they believed in the mission. And the idea. And, and, they and, wanted, the... and they had the same passions. We were very much aligned. But I will never forget the day that two of us, you know, who weren't taking the salary, um, started paying ourselves minimum wage. It was like, <laughs> whoa, man. You know, and it just felt so good. And I, I'm telling you, it's like, it's intoxicating. You know, it's like, 
when you do something that you love with people that you love and you know you have the lifestyle that you love and you feel good about your family relationship and you know and you yeah and you feel gratified and that you're doing something important right and uh you know there's nothing more intoxicating than that no matter somebody of might say how do you define purpose or, or how do you how would you express what purpose is and i, and I think you just explained it in, in a in a way like how one finds their purpose and what it feels like once you found it that's right and you know i've read articles or you know from a variety of people that talk about purpose right and that one of the primal needs we all have humans have is a need to have a purpose and you're lost without that but it's not easy to figure out what your purpose is you know some people are lucky enough to know what their purpose is from the get-go and some people you know wait till they're 48 years old to figure it all out you know um when you so and i have a conversations and i'm sticking to it <laughs> when you and i have a uh, another conversation <clears throat> i'll tell you um at 48 i had i'm, I'm going to be 50 in a few months but at 48 i, I went through a, a a thing for like a year and it was very similar, very similar. Uh, and it's, it's eerie. At exactly 48, I had something going on. I, I, we'll talk. This I'll tell is, you about it. This is very cosmic, uh, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's good. Uh, I, now, you, now you really have to come down. Go to Boca, visit your family or whatever. And I'm here. I'm in Boca. I live, that's where I live. Oh, you live in Boca? I live in Delray. I'm, next, I'm, I'm on the border of Delray and Boca. Okay. So you have no excuse. No, I'm here. I don't know how far. What is it? Four, three, four hours? Three, four hours, man. Yeah, Nothing. yeah. Um, I used to be in Naples. Well, we'll talk about it after. Um, okay. So I, I, I'm glad that you brought that to, to that point because that's that's what you're doing now. And, and the way you just brought that all like to, to a closure is, is awesome. And it's not really a closure because you've got this phenomenal thing going on and you're impacting, as you said, millions of people. And I did not know that you give away that much, which makes it even just so much more powerful. Um, and that's so much more impactful um yeah but you know it's like it's like the things that i'm really proud about is um uh certainly you know giving away you know um to people in need i'm just certainly proud of that um i'm proud that students you know express their love for the way we do what we do, which is very distinctive. Um, and, you know, and we have a really good reputation, but I'm really particularly proud that we have reinvented mailbox money for artists. And, 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 and the, the revenue share checks that we send some cats boggle your mind, okay? And this never became more apparent than during the pandemic, because now, you know, the vast majority of the 300 people we work with um, couldn't go out and gig, which right. is the only source of income. Right. So if I had, if I had a nickel for every artist that called up and said, man, thank, thank you, <laughs> you know, the, the checks that I would get from you were like really significant how I pay my rent, how I put food on the table for my kids, 
If I had a nickel every time I got that call, you and I, we'd hop over to Tahiti and have this conversation. Right? Can I share something with you? The, 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 uh, today is what, Tuesday? <clears throat> this past weekend, I was in Charlotte. I went to see Garth Brooks. Mm. I'm, I'm not a country fan, uh, but I, I'm a Garth Brooks fan. Oh, yeah. Just absolutely just love, love what he puts out there. But he said something. And I've seen him before, and he's a, he always comes across as a very gracious, humble, like appreciative guy. But he, he took a, a moment to point out that um, for a while they obviously couldn't tour and, and that how he felt about the people in his band that have been with him for, for a long time that um, weren't making money. Right. And he went as far as saying, who knows, a year or two from now, like if we're going to be here, you know, we're going to keep coming back. We're going to keep doing it. But we don't know now. We just were reminded that we don't know. And then he went on to say how, how appreciative he was that we were all there, but it was an interesting reminder. Like, Oh my God. Yeah. These he's, he's making money, but the guys in the band aren't. <laughs> no. And that's 99.9%. And so, you know, um, there's, I mean, uh, during COVID, like he's making money. He's, he's got, oh, oh, but the guys I, in the I, band, they're not playing. They're no, not making money. No, that's what I'm saying. And so if they had, collaborated with us like many of those sidemen had they you know they were getting checks yeah, yeah. some big some small so powerful it, it was meaningful right it's and really so meaningful. you know you bring up a really good point um there's uh, a, a charity that we really believe in that uh joe bonamassa who's a, you know we work with uh, and his partner manager, Roy Weissman, who I think That's is, how I met you, by the way. That's how we came together. No, through Carol. Uh, Roy <laughs> right. Weissman is, right. is a disruptor. He has reinvented how to work with artists. The guy's brilliant. You should get him on this thing. Who, Roy? Yeah. He's just brilliant. And he's, he, won't, he won't do it. <laughs> you know, he should do it. I'll talk you should to Carol get us after both this. on, and I'll get him. I'll talk for him and prompt him. But, you know, what he did is astounding. And Carol, I think Carol, who's his sister, is a very successful agency. You know, she she manages and makes that Keeping the Blues Alive charity yeah. work. Yeah. And their mission is so much aligned with ours, which mm -hmm. is why we're so honored to, to be participating sure. and partnering sure. with them. Uh, their mission is to bring education to kids that can't get it otherwise, and to support artists in their time of need, whether it's the pandemic, whether you're an emerging artist, you know, it's it's a tough business. That's a noble mission, and they're very successful at it. Um, that gets me excited. That's yeah. something yeah. really proud of, right? You go on that blues cruise? I did. You did. Did you Are go you on the last one? on it? No, I only met Carol like a year and a half ago. And that's just past one. It was just a few months ago. Uh, I couldn't make it, but I'm going to go on the one next year. Yeah, well, you know that um, one of my heroes and one of the people that I, I feel that I, I've learned from is Roy and Carol's father, who is Elliot Weiss, Elliot, yeah. who was Frank Sinatra's manager. Um, and, you know, I haven't spent a lot of time with him. Of course, I read the book, but the few times that I sat in his office and uh, in very subtle, killer ways, I learned a lot from that guy. <laughs> I learned a lot. And um, Carol is also very, very bright 
um, very accomplished. And I love working with her too, you know? Um, that's what it's all about. Love what you do, love who you do it with, and boom, there's the brass ring. That's it. Oh, wow. You just, that, that's it. We got to stop right there. That's yeah. so well said. Cool. There are a few ways to reach you. So for anybody out there that wants to find out more or work with Brad, you can reach him on Instagram. We're going to put all this information down below in the description, but there's Instagram, there's Facebook, there's Twitter, there's LinkedIn, uh, there's a YouTube channel. And so we're going to put all of that down below for everybody. Is there anything besides that that you want to mention? Yeah, you know, what I would say is, you know, we're all, you know, we have all those social media things, but the website is truefire, T-R-U-E, fire, you know, um, one word, dot com. And if you go there, you know, there's a, you know, you'll get anything you want to know about what we do. It's there. But better than that, um, you know, you can join for free and we'll give you two weeks of all access to all 55,000 videos and, um, you know, amazing. check it out. Right? Amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. I mean, I'm amazed, <laughs> right? I'm just amazed. <laughs> I want to um, I want to thank you so much for for, uh, for coming on. We we talked for about an hour and twenty minutes, and uh, it felt like it felt like five minutes, man. Listening to you tell these stories because I ramble on. I'm I'm you know I'm old. I'm senile. I'm, I'm oh, like the on. grandfather that tells the same jokes over <laughs> and over again that everything's in me. Right. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell this real quick. I have I only know one joke. I, I, I can't remember jokes. I'm not that guy. I'm fun to be with, but the jokes that come in. My kids, there's one joke that I know, and it's from Eddie Murphy Delirious when it came out in like the 80s. Remember, yeah. he's wearing the, the, the red uh, leather suit. There's a yeah. bear and a rabbit in the woods. The bear turns to the rabbit and says to the rabbit, do you have a problem with shit sticking to your fur? The rabbit says no. So the bear wipes his ass with the rabbit. That's a joke <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a really good one. And on that note... I, I, I need to do that. I've always, I've never been able to tell jokes. I love jokes. And I keep telling myself, Brad, just learn one joke that you can tell when people are telling jokes. But I usually wind up spoiling the, you know, that last line, you know, I just screw it up. But you know what, this has been a pleasure. Um, you know, I'm honored that you would even want to learn more about, you know, what we do, and you know, where where I come from. Um, and um, also the, you know, the connections and the, you know, the, the shared experiences yeah. made this really kind of special for me, you know? really. like very special for me. And I really think, you know, what you're doing, I think is really important. Um, and I mentioned this to you before coming up through business, I read a lot of Inc. magazine and other magazines, and they seem to only celebrate widely successful companies that's what are you know and that's the wrong messaging maybe it's the right messaging to sell magazines right and to convince people that success is measured by how big how many employees you know all all that other stuff um but they don't celebrate the 99 
scent of the entrepreneur, you know, that I've small Which is business. all of us. This is the right. business where business is. It's all and, small business. That's right. Because that, that, and what you're doing, I think, inspires people to, hey, I can do this too. Maybe I'm not going to be, you know, get on the top of the Inc. 500 or whatever, but I can do this too. And I think there's never been a better time for people to just, just start their own thing, do something that they love and um, take control of their destiny. hundred percent. hundred percent. Do not leave your destiny in the hands of corporate America. hundred percent. You know? That's it. That's why I do the show. It's it's to inspire. It's to motivate. And and you know if 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 this conversation helped somebody think about something differently or, or just even have a thought they didn't have, and that causes them to go onto a path where they now begin to go towards their potential, to reach their potential. You know, and that's that's, that's right. why I do it. That's that's and, and doesn't I make you feel good? Isn't that a legacy you're proud of? Right. Uh, you know, I'll tell you a secret when, when there's, there's, there is that part of it when I have thought about it and I have talked about it with people where these videos, as long as um, YouTube decides to leave them out there, my kids can always go, well, I have a four girl who turned 14 two days ago and I have an 11 year old. These videos are going to be out there and they'll probably outlive me. And to the point of my father dying at 12, I have old movies of, with no sound, mm -hmm. you know, from back in the day, the reel to reels, but you know, my kids are going to have a library of content. And they can hear me being me. And so there's that that's, side of it too. That's right. And I'll bet you dollars to donuts that some of your viewers and listeners are going to shout out to you and say, hey, man, you sparked, uh, you know, a change in my perspective and in my life. And thank you for doing that. And so that we're both doing the same thing. 100%. It happens occasionally. And uh, it feels good. I actually... Uh, <laughs> The first time ever, this is way off topic. And then, uh, this is my last year. But the first time, and I don't do it for this reason, but it was bizarre. I had a call. A friend of mine set me up with another guy just to, to network a little bit for business. And the guy's in Poland. And uh, he speaks English. He's, uh, he's from Belgium. And we're talking. And he's like, I, I know you from somewhere. I don't, know, I don't know what it is. A couple hours later, he sends me an email. because We're going to have a follow-up next week, talk more about business. He said, I know where I know you from. Because you were on a show. There's a guy whose show that I, I've been on. His name is Omar Elatar. Mm -hmm. And he's got a huge, huge show. He's, he's known all around the world. So I've been on his show a few times. And uh, the guy recognized me because in my office at home, I have a, a very abstract painting uh -huh. uh, by an artist actually from Miami. And so it's very memorable. It's got all these pop culture figures in it. It's one of those paintings. Right. He's like, he emails me. He's like, I knew I knew you. He goes, you were on Omar's show. I watch, I'm, I subscribe to Omar's channel. I saw your interview. And I'm like, I was awesome. recognized by a guy in Poland. Oh man, I, I, I love that. I'll tell you a little short story. Um, you cut it out, but um, I, the, the first glimpse I had at what we were doing was early on, we were doing some, you know, streaming, you know, guitar TV, bass TV, you know, keyboard TV. And we get an email this is, you know, we're still in the red, seriously, you know, um, an email that to this day continues to inspire me. And it was from a young Chinese uh, guitar player who said, you know, kind of broken English in, in his writing, but basically said, you know, uh, dear uh, True Fire TV, something says, thank you. 
uh, nearest uh, guitar teacher so many kilometers away, you know, um, uh, and closed it out. I, I couldn't even find the village he was from. I found the province on the map. I couldn't find the village that he was from. Um, he was out in the country or I, wherever he was, he had an internet connection and he closes it out. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You make me rock. Okay. Oh. So, you know, today, most people would say, well, you know, yeah, of course. But back in the day, when you realize that you've reached somebody in some small village and helped them learn how to play music, that, that was big for me. That was a big moment, you know? I mean, you know, and we both know what music does for you. As a kid, for me, music was an escape from the trauma and the difficulties I was going through, yeah. which is why I got so into it. And, and people now that I know, like I'll be in, you can, a song can come on the radio with and I can hear one note and I almost can call the song in a lot, a lot of different genres. Yeah. It's bizarre. And I, I, it's like, I spent my entire childhood listening to music over and over and over. It was an escape. It's a beautiful and, and the thing. feeling that I got from that escape was very powerful. And it did a lot for me going through very difficult times. So then to learn to be able to play music and to create the sound that when for myself, creates a feeling when I, when I pick up the guitar and play for myself, the few songs that I know, mm -hmm. I feel completely detached from anything that was going on. That's right. And uh, my mood is completely shifted in just in a matter of a minute or two. And then all of a sudden an hour goes by and, and uh, my wife said, where are you? I'm, I'm in my office with door shut with my mm -hmm. little guitar app with the, floating up the screen playing like uh, hotel california for 20 times mm -hmm. and you disappear from reality no of, of you course know? you know and you know i likewise counted on music to as a therapeutic you yeah. know thing but you get lost in it it makes you feel good i mean the greeks had it right you know we've got it wrong here in this country what's the first thing to go in public schools music music art. arts um so you know you, yeah you know it's important it's a lifeblood it's you know 100 percent the uh you're you are, you are now officially the first person i've ever had who's going to have a part one and a part two <laughs> i was thinking about it a minute ago because i can't even cut any of this out it's too good <laughs> well thank you man thank you and you have to do me a favor so sure. Carol, you know, um, you know, really, uh, you know, I don't know what you really, but she said so many good things about you. And I really don't do many podcasts, to be honest with you. Um, but she asked me to do that. And I did it. I am really glad I did it. Thank and, you. Um, you know, she, she knows, you know, like, she knows I can be forgetful, you know, she knows it's crazy here, you know, you know, I've got you know, Carol, should I comb my hair? What should, you know, how should I tell me what to do? I know? was going to wear a so, hat for this one. <laughs> so please do me a favor and um, tell her that I was on time. My hair was combed and I was wearing an actual shirt. Okay. And um, I will. I think we're talking to her today, aren't we? Or tomorrow. Tomorrow. I think she's still in New York. I will, I will tell her. 
I, will okay, t- cool. I speak with her a lot. I mean, she and I became really close. We're doing a lot of different things together. She's, oh, she's uh, just awesome. Man. I can't say yeah. enough things about her. That's for sure. Um, I want I, I want to thank you for doing this. I re- it's uh, it's been amazing. It's been amazing. My pleasure. I mean, it really turned out to be my pleasure. You know, um, which I wasn't expecting it to be, but it totally was. It's awesome. That's very every cool. Level. Very cool. Uh, so we mentioned about 10 minutes ago that we're going to put some information down below. So I am, when this gets, uh, edited and put out all your contact information is going to be down below, um, the website for sure. We're going to have a nice write up and anybody that sees this is going to have no problem reaching you. And, and I do, I encourage anybody that whether you watch this, this, uh, what are we in the middle of 2022 right now, whether it's now or it's next year or whenever you stumble on this video you need to go check this out, truefire.com. Um, it's, it's what he's doing is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. That's it. Thank you, man. I really, I really love to get in with you. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend, listen, we will, um, we are going to do two parts. I'm going to split this up. So you're going to get two, okay. two Tuesdays in a row. Okay. And, uh, Great. and this is going to be awesome. And, and uh, thanks again. Thanks again. Okay. Thank you so much. And thanks to Jamie behind the scenes. You know, the, the director and videographer and the angle, master of angles. She just said oh, you, were, you are her favorite interview out of 65 no, we've done. Oh, God. She did. Yeah. She just said he's my favorite. You guys I, I don't just... think we're supposed to say that. It's like saying you have a favorite kid. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know you, you better cut that out because you don't want to. Um, but uh, thank you, man. I really it's a pleasure having you, man. We'll talk again real soon. I look forward to it. Be good.